And welcome back to Traditions. I'm Ron Alesco, and looking at the calendar, uh, this coming Saturday, December 19th, would have been the 80th birthday of Phil Oaks. It, it seems hard to believe. Uh, you know, I think we all have this image of Phil uh, that's embedded in us from all the, the videos, the photographs, and all this music of him as a young man. Uh, he left us way too soon. And since his passing, uh, his legacy has been kept alive. Uh, so many artists are recording his songs. One of the people who is largely responsible for, for doing this is his sister, Sonny Oaks. And uh, Sonny has been a, a good friend to me and a mentor as well. And I'm just so happy that we have her with us today via Zoom. Sonny, how are you? I'm still here, uh, Ron. I'm I'm working working at it. <laughs> you're 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 doing great, and you're you're keeping busy too. I know you you're still doing the Phil Oaks Song Nights. Uh, there's one coming up on on the 19th for the Woody Guthrie Center. Um, and folks can look, check out their Facebook page or their website for information on that. And um, you know, I, I'm just amazed that this year there's so many more recordings coming out. There was this new collection, the best of the rest, rare and un unreleased music. Live albums keeps coming out every couple of years. We we get different ones. What what is it? And, and it's maybe unfair to ask you since you were his sister. But what what how how is this still becoming so relevant? I mean, he passed away in 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 '76. But yet these songs, they, they still speak to issues of the facing us today. What, what was it about Phil? He had seemed to have a, an amazing sense of continuity. I mean, it, it's, it's scary how many of his songs are still relevant today. Yeah. I wish they weren't, believe me. <laughs> but some things just never change. Some things never get taken care of. Uh -huh. And he seemed to be able to voice things in such a way that they, they become timeless. Yeah. It, it amazes me also that so many young artists are discovering him for the first time. And uh, I think many of them do such a remarkable job uh, interpreting his songs, but yet making them still relevant for today. You've have played a big part in discovering or introducing this music to some of these artists. Uh, it, it must be rewarding when, when you hear these new recordings coming out. Oh, it really is. I mean, let's go from the sublime to the ridiculous, to the very old, to the very new. Just before he passed away a couple of years ago, Theodore Bikel, at age 90, put out his final album. They titled the album While I'm Here, mm -hmm. which is a line from the song When I'm Gone. And he put When I'm Gone on that album. And it just meant so much to me because he was such a wonderful person. And he went out remembering Phil. Yeah. And then go to the other extreme. There's a new group now that I think is wonderful that have been really making waves called Windborn. And they just recorded When I'm Gone. Really? Oh, I yes. can't wait to hear that. <laughs> yes. So it's absolutely amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, extremes, absolute extremes. Yeah, and, and there's so many artists that have recorded it, not just one song on an album, but collections. Uh, Martin Joseph did that wonderful album a few years ago. Pat, Pat Wichter, and I'm sure there's more of them out there. Yeah, Sonia from Sonia. Here. She did right. a whole album. And there's a woman up in Canada, Erin Circe uh, Adair, also did one. She's from, I think, Toronto. Uh-huh. So, I mean, a, a whole collection, which is 
really amazing. It's amazing because I, I, you know, I think for myself, I, I kind of grew up listening to Phil and then hearing these other artists uh, sing the songs. You know, I, I, you mentioned Theodore Bikel. Well, why don't we play that right here? Because I think that is such a lovely piece. Uh, and I also remember you, uh, uh, we, we attend the, the Northeast Regional Folk Alliance Conference and uh, a few years before his passing, you had him on, on stage and uh, sharing such wonderful memories. So let's listen to Theodore Bikel right now. good friend of mine, Phil Oakes, was a wonderful songwriter and lyricist, wonderful performer. <sighs> Tragically, he had a vision of America, a dream of an America that was so much better than what he encountered. And that when he saw that the dream was being shattered, his own life felt so shattered that he took his own life. What a loss. One of Phil's songs is the one that I end concerts with these days, and it's very apt. It says, when I'm gone, there's no place in this world that I belong when I'm gone, and I can't tell the right from the wrong when I'm gone. And you won't hear me singing any songs when I'm gone, so I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here. One more song I have to offer you. You might want to sit. There's no place in this world where I belong when I'm gone And I can't tell the right from the wrong when I'm gone And you won't hear me singing any songs when I'm gone So I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here And I won't feel the flowing of the time when I'm gone all the pleasures of love will not be mine when I'm gone My pen won't write another line when I'm gone So I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here And I won't breathe the bracing air when I'm gone And I can't even worry about my cares when I'm gone Won't be asked to do my share when I'm gone so I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here I won't be running from the rain when I'm gone And I can't even suffer from the pain when I'm gone 
Can't say who's to praise and who's to blame when I'm gone So I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here Won't see the golden of the sun when I'm gone And the evenings and the mornings will be one when I'm gone Can't be singing louder than the guns when I'm gone So I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here All my days won't be dances of delight when I'm gone And the sands will be shifting from my sight when I'm gone Won't be asked to join the fight when I'm gone So I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here And I won't be laughing at their lie when I'm gone And I can't question what or when or why when I'm gone Can't live proud enough to die when I'm gone So I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here There's no place in this world where I belong when I'm gone And I can't tell the right from the wrong when I'm gone And you won't hear me singing any songs when I'm gone So I guess I'll have to do it I promise I will do it You know that I will do it while I'm here And that was Theodore Bikel with When I'm Gone. We're referring to it, uh, Focal, uh, Northeast Regional Folk Alliance. It was a concept I got that we should interview our elders before they leave us and get and do it in groups instead of individually as it's normally done because if you interview them in groups and they know each other you can really get some new stories that have never come out before we've had some wonderful experiences with that if you go to uh, youtube and just type in wisdom of the elders or you can type in theodore Bikel, or you can type in tom paxton or reggie harris there are so many people who have been in, in these elders programs and it's fascinating to watch oh it is it's always been a highlight for me of this and i hope you 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 were my co-host we decided to do a dj one that's right you and i interviewed uh, wanda fisher john platt and rich warren Oh, that was such fun. Uh, you know, I, you're right about the groups like that for them, because one person will tell a story, the other one will bring it up, and, and they get so relaxed and so open. It's just wonderful. I hope you copyrighted that concept, because I noticed a lot of the other regional conferences are doing them as well. They're, do, they're doing it because I begged them to do it, because Great. I don't know the people in other regions, and there's only so many I can get to. Yeah. So I, I have encouraged them. I know Southeast Regional does it. I think Farm did it this year and um i know southwest has done it and so it's it's i want it to spread i don't want the credit i just want that to be up there on the web so that people can use it as a resource to learning more about these artists absolutely these are oral histories of these artists and uh 
Uh, what always I, I enjoy seeing so many young folks coming to these uh, at the conferences, attending these and, and learning about it. Uh, I'll never forget one year I was at uh, one of the, the conferences and it was when Dave Van Ronk was still with us, but he was ill and they were taking a collection for him. I was him. one of the collectors, Chris right. and I. <laughs> but I remember I was sitting at dinner with uh, some 20 something artists and uh, she turns to me and says, so who's Dave Van Ronk? And I'm like, why are you here? You know? <laughs> uh, but well, at least she was honest enough to ask. That's true. Very true. And, and, and it's all about education and uh, and learning. And and that that's what you've done all these years with the Philoke Song Nights. Um, I, where did the idea for that start? Back in 1983. Okay, Phil died in '76. Back in 1983, there was a musician's collective cooperative working in the village called the Speakeasy. And it was Jack Hardy and Rod McDonald and Christine Levin. Van Ronk was involved in that. They, they, they put this together and they were doing regular shows at the Speakeasy, which was on McDougal Street. And I got a call one evening from a gentleman named uh, Ned Trainer, mm -hmm. And he said, you know, I'm calling from the speakeasy. We, we would love to do a, an evening of Phil's songs here at the speakeasy. I said, oh, that would be wonderful. I said, I would love that. And he invited me you know, to come down and MC and whatnot. And I said, of course, I'd love that. So I went down and it was rather chaotic to put it mildly. A bunch of different people were getting up and singing Phil's songs, doing it well, but it was just, it just seemed kind of loose. It's the right. word I use. <laughs> And the next year he said, let's do it again. And I said, okay. And then I started saying, well, could I invite my friend Joe Huperot? Sure. Could I invite? And I kept naming names and he, he never said no to anybody I asked. So I got on, this is 1984 now. And it was a circus, an absolute circus. I left at 11 p.m. And there were still a whole lot of people who hadn't even gotten on the stage yet. Wow. And they were all just doing Phil's songs. It was a Phil, Phil event. The next year I was, by the next year, I was uh, running the open mic on uh, Mondays, every other Monday at Gertie's Folk City. So I said, I'm moving it over here. And I'm going to be the one who decides who's going to be in it and put it together a little bit more organized. So we did two years at Folk City, uh, 85 and was it uh, 85 and 86? Yeah. And then I moved upstate, but we kept going. And then friends of mine upstate said, can, can we do one in Albany? Sure. And then some other friends of mine, could we do one in Philadelphia? Sure. Can we do one in Boston? Sure. And it just kind of took off. I'd say the highlight was 1996. I still have our fancy rock jackets from then. <laughs> 1996, we did a Midwest tour. We were in uh, the Ark. In Annapolis, we were at, uh, oh gosh, doing the Pat Power ran in uh, Lansing, Michigan. We were there. We were in Chicago. And wow. that's kind of where I got connected with Rich Warren. And we were in, uh, I forget, several other places, Cleveland among them. And we did, I think it was eight concerts in 10 days, something like that. And it, it was just wonderful. And I kept in at that point, I was doing 12 artists in a show, and they were each doing one of Phil's and one of their own mm -hmm. songs. 
And then it got to the point, it just seemed the shows went on too long. They were really right. too long. So I cut it to seven. Again, still one and one. One of Phil's, one of their own. Because I wanted people to understand that these artists who were singing Phil's songs were also good songwriters, and they deserved to be heard as well. And this, this was very important. So I encouraged the audience, you like what you saw tonight? When you see that one of these people is in town, go see them. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't dwell just in the past. So that's what I did. And then finally, somebody complained one night, and I thought about it. A guy said to me, I came here to hear Phil's music, not these other people. Mm. He's got a valid point. So I reconfigured again, cut it to five, and each artist would do three songs, two of Phil's and one of his or her own. Mm -hmm. And that's what it stayed for quite a while. And then most recently, I mean, I'm, I'm 83 years old now, and it's... Getting a bit tough, you know. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of turning it over, the reins over to Greg Greenway to kind of organize things. And he cut it to four. It was Greg, Reggie Harris, uh, Pat Wichter, and Tom Prasado, all of whom have been in the song nights for a long time. And they had a new concept. Instead of just four individual artists, they come on stage as a quartet. Mm-hmm. And they're all such fine musicians, and they do play different instruments, so you get the most amazing renditions. It really, it really added a lot doing that. Yeah, we we did that at the Hurdy Gurdy a few years ago with them, and it was just just marvelous. Uh, they, and, and again, they're I think it's the same group that's going to be on the nineteenth at the Woody Guthrie Virtual. Um, that's correct. Yeah, and then Tom Paxson's going to put in a word. Oh, nice, nice. Right. Well, you know what? Why don't we listen to something from one of the Phil Oaks song nights? You 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 have some wonderful recordings that were done, I think, in 1999. Yes, that's correct. Uh, would you like to pick one artist that we can uh, can listen to? Well, if you want some humor, we need to lighten this up. That's <laughs> why Junior does William Worthy, which is a fascinating song. It's of a bold reporter, story I will tell. Went down to the Cuban land, the nearest place to hell. He'd been there many times before, but now the law does say, only way to Cuba with the CIA. William Worthy isn't worthy to enter our door. Went down to Cuba, he's not American anymore. Somehow it is strange to hear the State Department say, you're living in the free world, in the free world you must stay. Five thousand dollars or a five-year sentence may well be For a man who had the nerve to think that traveling was free Hey, why'd he waste his time to see a dictator's reign When he could have seen democracy by traveling on to Spain William Worthy isn't worthy to enter our door Went down to Cuba, he's not American anymore Somehow it is strange to hear our State Department say You are living in the free world, in the free world you must stay Well, come all you good travelers, fellow travelers too Yes, and travel all around the world, see every country through I'd surely like to come along and see what may be new But my passport's disappearing as I sing these words to you William Worthy isn't worthy to enter our door Went down to Cuba, he's not American anymore 
Somehow it is strange to hear our State Department say You are living in the free world, the free world you must stay Well, there really is no need to travel to these evil lands And though the list grows larger, you must try to understand Try hard not to worry, if someday you will hear The whole world is off limits, visit Disneyland next year William Worthy isn't worthy to enter our door Went down to Cuba, he's not American anymore Somehow it is strange to hear the State Department say You're living in the free world, in the free world you must stay And that was Josh White Jr. singing William Worthy. That was recorded in a, a Phil Oaks song night back in 1999 at Labs in Chicago. Our good friend Rich Warren, who is the longtime host of the Midnight Special in Chicago, uh, who's recently retired, uh, he recorded that. And uh, just, just a lovely evening that, that was, as all of these evenings are. You know, I, I singing and hearing about William Worthy. I understand at one of this Phil Oaks song nights, William Worthy actually was a guest. 1988 in Boston. Uh-huh. I was the MC. I, I had pretty much put the show together. That was my job. And I had some people singing. Martha Lita and Magpie were singing uh, William Worthy. And uh, after he, they finished singing, Unbeknownst to me, somebody had invited William Worthy to come to the show. And after they finished singing, he walked out on stage. Wow. And talked about the relevance of that song, how it had really made such a big difference in his court battles with the, with the government. William Worthy was an Afro, Afro-American uh, reporter who had gone down to Cuba, mm-hmm. and, and which was illegal, and I guess still is now, more or less. And um, when he came back, he was arrested mm-hmm. and uh, for entering the country without a passport, whatever the heck it was. But the government went after him. They, they had this big trial. Phil thought it was absurd. So he right. really, really, the song you just heard, he wrote this song about the incident. And William Worthy said that that song created so much publicity that when it came time for the uh, government to appeal, which they would almost automatically do, they decided to let to drop the case, let it go, because they weren't going to win. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, it reminded me, as you're telling that story about William Worthy, um, I understand Phil was initially looking to become a journalist, and I think that kind of uh, transferred he, into some of his songs. He majored in journalism at Ohio State. He never uh-huh. graduated. He he dropped out in his senior year because his friend Jim Glover kept saying, come on, you got to come down to the village. you got to come to Greenwich Village. Everything's happening here. Mm-hmm. So in his senior year, Phil dropped out and went to Greenwich Village. Oh, wow. Well, it, it's uh, it's still the, the journalistic um, aspect are in many of Phil's songs. I mean, William Worthy, I don't think people would remember him today if it wasn't for that, that song. Uh, and as you said, how much it helped him in his court case. Um, so many other songs uh, that, that Phil did uh, can be the same thing, but obviously Phil was multifaceted. Um, you know, the new collection, the best of the rest, uh, rare and unreleased. Uh, it really shows so much of Phil and so many different aspects of him. Uh, there's one song I'd actually like to play from that right now. It was uh, a, a, a demo that was being recorded in, in the studio where, where Phil was 
just rehearsing the song, but he was also talking to the producer of where he would like uh, different pieces to go. I believe that it was No More Songs. So let's take a listen to that now. Rolling. Rolling. Okay, it's called No More Songs, and uh, it's in the key of E minor. And now I, I want to have an intro and a, and a middle and a ending, uh, starting in G. And so that, like the Andaline probably, maybe supported by some lute or something, comes in with a melody like this. Ba, 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 ba. some of these or maybe all of them E minor ninth and once I knew a girl and here I'd like a I believe the recorder to come in and do like a counter melody once I knew a girl she was a flower in a flame I loved her as the sea sing sad sing sadly now the ashes of the dream can be found in the magazines And it seems that there are no more songs And once I knew a sage Who sang upon the stage And told about the world His lover A ghost without a name Ragged in the rain, and it seems that there are no more songs. And back to the G. Now, maybe another melody here. Ba 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 They told me that the moon was bleeding Then all of my surprise, they took away my eyes And it seems that there are no more songs And may maybe a, a figure like On the Andaline or the lute Recorder returns with, an, with a, 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 another counter melody or related or the same as the girl verse, verse two. The scar is in the sky, it's time to say goodbye. A whale is on the beach, he's dying. A white flag in my hand and a white bone in the sand. And it seems that there are no more songs. Hello, hello, hello. Is there anybody home? 
I've only called to say I'm sorry The drums are in the dawn And all the voices gone And it seems that there are no more songs It seems that there are no more songs It seems that there are no Tape's still rolling, right? Then, uh, just, just to just make sure we got it exactly right. E minor, D, E minor, C, D, E minor, G, to D, C, D, E minor, nine. I just learned the ninth chord. Okay, that's all. And that was No More Songs, a recording from the, the just-released album, The Best of the Rest, Rare and Unreleased Recordings of Phil Oaks. December 19th would mark the uh, 80th birthday of Phil Oaks. Uh, he uh, passed away in 1976, uh, a, a tragic loss. And uh, with us today is Sonny Oaks, Phil's sister, who uh, has helped carry this legacy on, continued to introduce his music to so many people. Um, I, I guess, uh, Sonny, uh, you know, when it comes to an anniversary like this, um, you, you have a lot of reflections back on, on, on your brother. Um, uh, you know, I remember talking once to Garnet Rogers, uh, about Stan Rogers and, you know, he was a little perturbed at some of the, um, legends that developed around Stan Rogers after his passing. Uh, you know, that wasn't the man that he remembered as his brother. How do you feel that way about Phil? Do you, you know, so much has been said about him and and books written, documentaries. Are there any misconceptions that you think are floating around about Phil through through some of these things? Not really. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward story. I mean, young man with talent does all kinds of wonderful, you know, creativity then, unfortunately, uh, he ended up being uh, manic depressive. Mm-hmm. And uh, they call that bipolar now. Right. And, uh, that really got him. And then he started drinking quite a bit. And uh, I guess because of, you know, the, the two fe- things fed each other. And then uh, he just couldn't take it anymore and he took his life. Mm. And uh, there's really <laughs> nothing to be... Uh, yeah. Said about that. I know you, it, it happened in your apartment. Uh, the I heard you say once that you know if this happened maybe twenty years later, if there was drugs and such now that would have helped him that he could have still been with us. Right back in the day when this happened, it was only one uh, 
drug that they used. I think it was called uh, lithium. Mm-hmm. And uh, lithium was what I would call a flat liner. In other words, you have no highs, you have no lows. You just go along on an even keel. And for somebody who's creative, that's that's death. Yeah. You need the highs and the lows to be creative. And right. I, think there are, I guess through history, there are a lot of artists and musicians who have died young and uh, pretty much as a result of uh, manic depression. Mm. Uh, there's a, you've collected a lot of uh, material of Phil's over the years, and there's something I'd like to share now that you, you sent me a copy, if it's okay with you. Uh, it's a recording that was done uh, with Phil and John Lennon, uh, another individual who uh, tragically uh, we lost uh, at an early age. C- could you tell us about this piece we're, that we're going to listen to? Well, somebody gave it to me. Evidently, it was recorded in an apartment in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Phil was friends with John, and they. This is about the time that they were uh, the movie, the Bangladesh uh, benefit, whatever that was, was came out. And Phil and John and Yoko attended that together. They went to see the mm-hmm. the. Uh, I guess it was a movie, right? Well, the Bangladesh was a concert that George Harrison did, but then they did a movie, a concert film of it. Uh, so maybe that's what they went I to see. That's where they were. Yeah. And then evidently at that same time, they ended up in this guy's apartment. And uh, John said, well, why don't you show me something you've written? And he did Chords of Fame. And John started to accompany him. So what you hear on this excerpt is uh, them talking about the song and then them playing it together, which is rather odd. <laughs> Could you follow the words there? Here's a... That tune, I love that tune. Chords of Fame. Chords of Fame? Yeah. Okay. You mean that's a public domain song? The melody is. melody is. I love it. Yeah. I don't know all those things. Uh, who have I heard singing that tune? John Hardy, yeah, everybody. Well, John Hardy, that was it. Yeah, the Kings of Trio and all, all those groups oh, did damn, that. I didn't hear that. And Woody, Woody Guthrie wrote uh, another long ballad called Tom Joad after he saw the movie The Grapes of Wrath. He t- told the movie in, in the oh, long ballad form. So, well, about as long as that one. Uh, That's how many verses? That, that I don't know. That's about that, about, did you do it in a traditional form, like so many verses? And all oh, that? yeah, I wrote about 28 verses. And that's how, well, was that traditional to write 28 or? No, no. Any I, I, size? I, any size. Oh, oh yeah. Well, they, oh, they ran that long and long, yeah, sure. Sure. But, uh, but, uh, I just wondered if you'd done it to a format. Not, 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 to, the, yeah. not to, the, um, to the length. I mean, yeah. just, just a long ballad. You could, could have gone on. You are the same guy that was in the pub on you. <laughs> same? Yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. I know. I was, I was, look, I was really I'm drunk. sure, you know. We've all been there. I was so wiped out when, when, <laughs> when I saw the limousine. I got into about three bottles of red wine. I was racing to the village for more, and then I heard this, say, stop, you know, what's that? <laughs> yeah, it was freaky, wasn't it? <laughs> Go on. Uh, well, here's a song about, about uh, well, Jerry wants to hear chords of fame. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah. What key? A. This is, a. this is a song about the dangers of fame, okay? Uh, <clears throat> Gin and a cigarette was all that he had 
What you just heard was a very rare recording uh, of Phil Oakes and John Lennon uh, recorded in an apartment in New York. And that comes to us courtesy of Sonny Oakes, who uh, is with us today talking about Phil, whose birthday uh, would have been on the 19th, this coming Saturday. And on Folk Music Notebook, we're going to be celebrating by playing Phil's music uh, throughout the afternoon. Uh, you can go to folkmusicnotebook.com for more information about that. And that evening, there is going to be a virtual Phil Oaks song night for the Woody Guthrie Center in Okima, Oklahoma. Uh, you can check their Facebook page and their website for more information on that. And uh, Sonny is with us now. And uh, Sonny, what... You've, you've done so much to keep Phil's memory alive. If you met somebody on the street who never heard of Phil, what would be your elevator speech to, uh, to explain who he was? What an interesting question. <laughs> I guess if you haven't heard my brother's music, you really should. First thing I would suggest is that you go to YouTube. There are tons and tons and tons of videos of him there that you could watch and get a sense of who he was. He was so important to the, uh, he was very, very involved in civil rights. He was also very, very involved in fighting against the Vietnam War. And that, that mm -hmm. was what I think he was most known for. And he was at all, so many of the major rallies singing in front of thousands of people. And uh, I think you'll find that the songs pertain to some things that you're interested in today. I, I can only imagine what Phil would be singing about today. Well, I guess I know what he'd be singing yeah. about, but it's, it's yeah. endless. <laughs> I, I think that's one of the great things that you're doing with the Phil Oaks Song Nights, uh, that you are bringing in artists who are carrying on his legacy, creating songs. And uh, and you know, I think of, of people like, like John Flynn, who's been part of it in the past. And um, Joe Jenks and everybody from Brother Son. Um, I, I guess that's encouraging for you to, to see that legacy being carried on in that way. Have you heard Zach Stevenson? Oh, yes. Yes. He is Phil. Yeah. It so, so it's weird. When one of our Midwest tours, uh, Zach joined us in Michigan and he, you know, uh, did, did his thing with the other performers 
And we closed the show with When I'm Gone, which we always do. And he was standing next to John Flynn. It just so happened that we were all on stage. We came off stage and John was visibly shaken. And he said to me, Sonny, I just sang with Phil. as the air sharing a memory of gray and wandering my words dream about the pictures that I play of changes green leaves of summer turn red in the fall to brown and to yellow they fade And then they have to die Trapped within the circle time parade Of changes Scenes of my young years were warm in my mind Visions of shadows that shine Till one day I returned And found they were the victims of the vines Of changes The world spinning madly It drifts in the dark Swings through a hollow of haze A race around the stars A journey through the universe Ablaze with changes Changes 
So sit by my side Come as close as the air Sharing a memory of grey And wandering my words Dream about the pictures that I play And that was Zachary Stevenson singing Phil Oaks' Changes. What a remarkable resemblance to Phil's voice. Uh, I'm Ron Alesco. This is Traditions. And today we are uh, exploring the music of Phil Oaks, talking with his sister, Sonny. Phil Oaks would have been 80 years old this coming Saturday, December the 19th. Sonny, as time goes on, uh, there's a number of tribute songs that are being written about Phil. I, I'm thinking of Jen Cass's song that uh, the "Standing in the Standing in the Shadow," I believe it was called. Uh, wrote one called Phil. Right. And Harry Chapin wrote one called "The Parade Still Passing By." Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think Phil's memory is ever going to be forgotten. I think it's been cemented through these. Uh, concerts you're doing, these recordings that are coming out. Uh, I also understand there was a book that came out recently of Phil's writing. It's just coming out now. It's mm -hmm. called I'm Gonna Say It Now, and it's the writings of Phil Oaks. And I think it's supposed to come out it's, it's this month. Mm -hmm. Oh, look, looking not, forward. I think by now, I, I think by now it has hit the stands. I guess you could, uh, the... Um, the editor, the person who put it together, is a guy named Dave Cohen, C-O-H-E-N. Mm -hmm. He's done wonders about Phil. He wrote, he wrote a bio-bibliography of Phil many, many years ago, which is a, a biography in the beginning, a short biography, maybe 60 to 80 pages. And then he includes in that book, at the time, covers all the people who have covered Phil's songs, which, of course, that list is probably triple <laughs> And also um, articles about Phil, articles by Phil. It was a very comprehensive book. And this is his follow-up now. He, he's such a great researcher. He's found lots and lots of things that Phil wrote. Mm -hmm. And he put them together in a book. As I said, it's called I'm Going to Say It Now. Oh, we're going to look forward to that one. Uh, I'm just thinking, it's it's probably like picking a, who's your favorite child. But uh, do you have a, a favorite song of Phil's that you maybe your go-to song well officially and publicly it's when I'm gone uh -huh. which to me is well we started at the beginning of the show today I, I jumped right at that because so many people over the years have said, come up to me and said my brother my mother my friend all, wanted that song sung at their funeral because it meant so much to them I had one woman who was writing a book, wanted permission to use the lyrics because she had been on a search for her mother who had given her up for adoption. And she was about to give up her search. She was just getting so depressed and she was going to do herself in. Mm. Somehow those words came to her and it's saved her. I mean, she stopped mm. Thinking that way, and she did eventually find her mother. So, I mean, there are all kinds of amazing stories about that song. You should write a book too, all these stories that you've collected over the years. <laughs> Let's put something else on your plate. <laughs> <Nothing>. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, speaking of your plate, you also do a radio show, which is heard on Folk Music Notebook every two weeks and also in the Catskills. Uh, you've been doing that for a while, too. I've been at that station now for nine years, WIOX in Roxbury, New York. Before that, I was 18 years on WRPI, out of RPI in Troy. And I started out, <laughs> it was so bizarre, in New Jersey. Yes, I remember. That's where I met you. WFMU. Right. About 1983 or thereabouts. And what had happened, somebody had put together a uh, docudrama about Phil called Chords of Fame, which mm-hmm. you can now see on YouTube, evidently. Oh. And uh, they held a, a, a party after it was completed you know, to celebrate the completion of the film. And I was invited to the party. And at the party, I met a young man named Jim Price who had a radio show on WFMU in East Orange, New Jersey. And he said, how would you like to come on my show and bring all of your favorite albums? And I mean, we were hauling albums in those days in milk cartons, they were right. <laughs> And he said, you can come on my show and be my guest and we'll play songs you choose. I was so excited. I mean, I'd never been in a radio station. So I went and we had such a good time. And he said to me, you know, anytime you want, you can come back and we'll do another show. A month later, I was back. A month later. (laughs) He said, Sonny, he says, why don't you just take the first Monday of every month? That'll be your show. I said, okay. And that's how I got it. (laughs) <laughs> That's how we got into radio because of Jim Price. It's still going strong. Uh, your shows are always so interesting. You do themes, and uh, you you it's it's called um, folk, folk music, music and other stuff. And it's the other I, stuff. I don't argue if you if you say that song's not folk music. Okay, it's other stuff. <laughs> well, it's great. It's always interesting to listen to. It's on every other Monday here on Folk Music Notebook, and uh, every other Friday I think it is on uh, WIOX. So I hope our listeners will will check check that out. Sonny, I want to thank you for spending some time with us today. As we remember Phil Oaks, uh, I, I'm sure the 80th. Uh, the anniversary of, the, of his birth, the 80th anniversary is, is this coming Saturday is, is going to be bittersweet. Um, uh, any, any, any thoughts that you would like to share on, on Phil as we, we close out our, our interview for, for our listeners? I just think he would be so thrilled to see how far his music has reached and how how many people still know who he is and how many of the songs are still being recorded because they're still relevant. And you can't ask for more than that for a legacy. That's absolutely true. Sonny Oaks, thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, we look forward to many more Phil Oaks song nights. Keep it going. Keep the radio shows going and, and, and keep that wonderful spirit of yours uh, going strong. Thank you, Ron. Show me a prison Show me a jail Show me a prison man Whose face is growing pale And I'll show you a young man With many reasons why 
And there but for fortune may go you or I Show me an alley Show me a train Show me a hobo And I'll show you a young man With many reasons why And there but for fortune May go you or I Show me the whiskey Stains on the With many reasons why And there but for fortune May go you or I Show me the country Where the bombs had to fall Show me the ruins of the buildings Once so tall And I'll show you a young land With so many reasons why And there but for fortune May go you or I, or I